Says Who is brought to you by you. I know I usually say you, but I, you know, I just, I think we know it's you. I think we know that that means you. It does. It does mean you. You there listening right now. Yeah, you. Unless you're not. Unless it's not you. Right. But it could be you. It's a lot of you. It's a lot of you. And if it's not you, it could be. Mm -hmm. You too could hear us say you and think they mean me. They mean me, me. And have a warm glow inside by going to patreon.com slash says who and helping support the show. Thanks, you. Yes, you. Hey, y'all. It's Dan. It is the giving season, and I want to give something to you. That is 10% off of Robert Muller and P-Tape prayer candles. You can get that 10% by going to omfg.church and using the discount code SAYSHOOVIA. That's right, 10% off. Candles of Robert Muller or the P-Tape. Ho, ho, ho. Hello, it is me, Maureen. Hey, you know what I always say, books. I say books a lot because I have written them. How about for the holiday season or just for your own reading pleasure, you can maybe read a mystery book called Truly Devious, which is now available in paperback everywhere books are sold. It's cheaper. It's just, you know, go get it. Or you maybe you need a, st- a stocking stuffer or just something. You're staging an open house and you want to look like a person who likes mysteries. Well, go get yourself a pile of Truly Devious. And I'll tell you what for nothing for free. You what? Can pre- you can pre-order The Vanishing Stare right now. Uh, and if you pre-order it with Books of Wonder in New York City, you will get a signed copy and support our one of our cherished um, local bookstores. So, but you can also just straight up pre-order it anywhere, any, any, within reason, like not at a bank. You know what I'm saying? Don't like, don't, don't be, don't be a jerk about it. Like it has to be like a book place. Uh, but every time you do that, I grow wings. You must have a lot of wings. Yeah. I'm a big bird. Honk, honk. And now, says Hooster Peace Theater presents All the President's Men, updated edition, 2018. We take you now to an empty parking lot under a building, one of those, you know, an enclosed one where you, you get a ticket when you, you know what I mean, one of those enclosed ones where you drive around. So, uh, so, so you, you called me here. What, what do you got for me? Hey, I'm, I'm deep throat. I'm your, I'm the informant. Yeah. No one knows who I am. I know. I mean, I don't know, no, but I know. Right. So what have you got? I mean, what do you need to, what do you need to know? Well, we know that, uh, we know that Trump has been coordinating both him and about 14 of his cronies with the Russians. Uh-huh. Right. What do you need from me? What do you need from me, guy? Well, I mean, we know that uh we know that 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 Cohen and Trump paid off two uh adult actresses. Yeah. Right before the campaign. Did you get the uh, Trump Tower thing? Do you did you you got that or yeah, the Moscow Trump, thing? Trump the the Trump Tower Moscow right. the Moscow project. Yeah, we know right. that uh we know that Cohen and Sater were uh heavily involved in working with the Russian government to to do that 50 right. million dollar penthouse. And the Russian spy the NRA thing, do you got you have uh you yep, Yeah, yep, Maria Butina. Yeah, we've got that. Right. Do you have anything we don't know? <sighs> Um. Well, Don Jr. is involved in a bunch of this. I don't know if you. Uh, no, we know that you, too. Right. Uh, Jared Kushner is involved in a in mm-hmm. a bunch of this, and yeah, in Saudi Arabia too. 
a uh, I mean, you you made me come all the way here. Do you just want to hang out? Well, I mean, I I've already got friends. I know, but I mean, we could go. Um, you like uh, you like ping pong? Uh, I'm not really. I'm okay. like I, 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 my editor gave me a the car, let me drive here. Right. You don't have anything I don't know, do you? You want to go to a, like get a little to the uh, get a Schwitz or something or a, have a no, hot dog. No. I didn't come here to make friends, man. Came okay, here to but, get information. Right, but you know, I am a really important part of the story that I fill in the blanks and I lead you, you know, I say follow the money. Yeah. yeah it I just guess. seems like I I know as did much you follow, as you do. Did you follow the money? I mean, did you? Yeah. Yeah, we we we've been following the money forever. Okay, you have do you have the tax returns? Do you? No. Oh. That would have been if I'd had that. That would have been. Yeah, I would. That would have been. Uh, cool. That would have been. That would have been. That would have been useful. Yeah, that would have been that. Like that would have been the kind of thing that you yeah, could that be like, been, "Hey, I come over here, here to the parking lot," and I'd come and you give them to yeah. me, and that would have been awesome. Do you have anything like that? I'm just gonna take off. That's it. Do you validate? Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. Uh, it, it's a coping strategy. I forgot what I was going to say there. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Marine Digenesis. I'm looking at the notes, and Dan has spelled my name M-U-R-E-E-N, lowercase j, all caps, D-N-S-N-S-S. I was in the middle of typing it when you started saying welcome, and then I panicked. That's yeah, also I, why I couldn't remember what to say. I I mean, I don't hate this name, and that is sort of like how my one grandfather said my name. There you go. The dumb one. He used to say, Marine. Yeah. Marine. I'm not going to tell him. Marine. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. Oh now oh, now you're I see you trying to fix it. Forget it. No. It's all it's all over. Forget it, Jake. Fine. Fine. And that was a really um I mean I enjoyed that beginning because I was just uh as we were getting ready and I I was taking an hour before I was putting some stuff away. I have all the tree stuff out now that's festive in there. And I said, what's the most kind of festive background, make me happy movie I can put on. And obviously it's all the president's men. It's like my go-to, you know, like some people watch, uh, you know, Love Actually or something like that. And I, I put on, I put on all the president's men. I was just enjoying a, a scene with Deep Throat. Whoa. And I paused it just on this, my favorite quote from the movie. And it's, and it's one that has been coming up a lot recently, but it's so good. The scene where the, you know, Woodward is talking to Deep Throat, who is his source, who turns out was like the the vice, uh, the assistant head of the FBI, Mark Felt. And he says, forget the myth that the media has created about the White House. The truth is, these aren't very bright guys. Things got out of hand. And boy, oh boy, I tell you something. To- <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So what happened? You know, like since last week? What do I mean? What's been going on? Everything. Everything happened. Everything happened. Everything really happened. Like, oh, good gravy. It is one of those things where you sit down to make notes for the episode. And first of all, do you remember when we used to come out every other week? I don't know how we would. I mean, boy, that was a that was a futile task back then. Like, I mean, Friday was something. I mean, yeah, Yeah. Friday was was something. And, uh, we're going to get into it. Mostly, we're just going to kind of list for you the number of things that happened. But do you feel yeah. it changed in the air, truly? like? I mean, it's very cold. Dan. And I'm saying this as someone who's drinking a delicious gla- cup of hot chocolate right now. Mm. Oh, can I, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. You, of course. Can I interrupt with a game changer in the world of hot chocolate? I'm listening. Are you ready? I'm listening, Dan. I'm listening. 
you make a hot chocolate. Yeah. There's a product out in the world called powdered peanut butter. Oh, I got it. You take a half scoop of powdered peanut butter and you swirl it up in your hot chocolate. And Maureen? No, you, no, you do not, Dan. What it is happens? like you're drinking a peanut butter cup. Oh, shit. It is amazing. That stuff is really good. The powdered, yeah. I, that's, I, how I, that's how I make Zelda's puppy ice cream. Oh, yeah, I have it in ice cream all the time. Dog ice cream, all you need to do, everybody, get yourself a little blender, toss in some plain yogurt, shake in some of that peanut butter power, toss in a banana, was it up, freeze it in a Kong, got yourself a dog ice cream. There you go, boom. Freeze it in a Kong. That's hell yeah. She loves it. She just and she makes this cute little suckling noise. Mm. So she gets it out. It's kind of It's kind of gross. It's, it's super cute when she does it. Okay. Anyway, that's that's my free chilly weather advice: powdered peanut butter and hot chocolate. I just dropped a marshmallow down my shirt. Whoa! Things are yeah. getting crazy in the closet. Hold on. It's, I'm wearing a sports bra, so that catches everything. <laughs> You're just going to pull out a day's worth of pens. There's your it's grocery like list. A, it's like wearing a chest bag. You just, you can just, it's the bag of all holding. You just put the stuff in there. When our, when I got my parents a kitten and he was super tiny, I used to wear like a looser sports bra and I would just stick him down the front of it so I could like do stuff with my sure. hands and then the kitten would just be sticking out of the sports bra. He's happy in there. He's very cozy. Um, Got to get a big one, real stretchy one, but you can stick a kitten it's down like there. like you could put a hamster in. It's like you're walking around with a habit trail on your chest. Absolutely. Dan, we got to start. I mean, holy peanut butter and fudge, right? Yeah. This week, uh, okay. So yeah. we left you on Tuesday. We did. We left you on Tuesday. Just sucking back to Sacha. We knew. We knew, Maureen. We knew that Friday was coming. We yep. knew that Friday was going to involve some Muller Claus information drops in the form of a Cohen uh, sentencing memo and a Manafort sentencing memo. Now, thinking back all the way to last week, you will remember that uh, that that Muller also dropped a Michael Flynn sentencing memo where he said that. Flynn should serve no jail. His recommendation was that Flynn should serve no jail time because he was so helpful to to the government's uh, investigation. Yes, that isn't exactly what happened on Friday. Now, was it? It wasn't, Dan. Also, just to sort of say in the background on Friday, James Comey was testifying. Yeah. Which wasn't like super exciting, but he what that was just going on. He was testifying on the all important case of Hillary Clinton's emails mainly. I it's important we we really get to the bottom of that. Yeah, I'm always excited I mean, though on. when James Comey raises up because it's a reminder of just how impressively tall the man is. He is very tall. He is he is a tall. Tall man. He's a redwood. Yeah, he is. That was happening. So what did we find out about Michael Cohen and his, um, and how his day's going? His day wasn't going super good. Uh, basically, both the Southern District of New York and Mueller uh, issued memos that basically were like, oh, yeah, that guy? Fuck that guy. <laughs> like, that guy... He's a piece of trash. Like the Southern District of New York was basically like, this dude's a lawyer. Screw this man. Like he's a lawyer. He should know better. Let him twist. And Mueller, who especially coming off of the Flynn thing where he gave, you know, said, hey, Flynn, you know what? He helped so much. Like no sentence. Mueller was like, give him the longest sentence possible because that dude didn't help very much. Do what you will with him. Yeah. Well, we also really, I mean, we're, there's a lot, there's a lot to cover, but the fact that there's a kind of, there's a new kid on the block in terms of Trump trouble. Yeah. And that's the Southern District of New York. Yeah. Yeah. Out of pardon reach. Yeah. So that's, so that's interesting. And uh, sort of poetically, you, Giuliani's old stomping grounds. 
Yeah. So that's fun. But yeah, there's also another new kid. There's a mysterious new person named in the Manafort documents. And now, Morton, you're into mysteries, right? I, I am. I like a mystery. I'm hoping you can help me with this one. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah. uh, this is from uh, this is from Mueller's sentencing recommendations for Cohen. Uh, point two: mm-hmm. In or about January 12, 2017, Cohen left the company and began holding himself out as the personal attorney to individual one. Mm. Right? Who at that point had become the president mm. of the United States? That's a real head scratcher, yeah. isn't it? So somebody who uh, by by so okay, what they're saying is somebody by 2017 yeah. could was the president of the United yeah. States. So we have well, we have a couple people to choose from, and there's a couple of people who I don't think it is. Okay, let's na- let's na- let's let's take some people out of the equation. Millard Fillmore. Yep. Yeah. Don't think so. Abraham Lincoln. Probably not. George Washington, probably not. Although, I don't know. I, I mean, I just don't think you so. do raise an interesting point. Okay. They don't say the person's alive. They don't say the. And also, he's individual one, and George Washington is on the mm-hmm. dollar. Mm-hmm. And he was the first president. Fuck, you blew it wide open. My God. Yeah. Michael Cohen was working for George Washington. Yeah, the ghost of George who Washington. Who never told a lie. Right? Oh my God, this is intense. This is something. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough one, but I guess we'll just have to go with individual one because just- Yeah, so we did, we mm-hmm. did learn that Michael Cohen was in fact paying off Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal in coordination with individual one. Right. So that's not great for individual one. Right. And now oddly- right. Trump ha- ha- responded on Twitter, even though he's not named in the mm-hmm. document. And he did right. say that that was simply a private transaction. Anything private is legal. Like, if you kill a person in mm-hmm. private, that's a private transaction. Yeah, that's right. It's just automatically yeah. legal if it's right. private. I mean, as long as you're not a dick right. about it. I think that's the technical, I think that's the legal standard mm-hmm. is if just don't be a dick about it. Yeah, that's it. Keep it to yourself. Right. Uh, so we also know that Individual One was uh, involved starting in 2015 in getting Cohen to pursue uh, business dealings with Russia. So that seems huh. great. So, again, if this is George Washington. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe, oh, you know what? If it was George Washington, it's probably a typo and they mean Prussia. It could have been Russia. Mike, that wasn't Prussia. Prussia, I think, was the thing back then. No, Prussia was like Germany. Was it? Yeah, the Prussians, that was different. Well, I still think it's Prussia. Uh, but yeah, also, uh, this came uh, in the, I believe this was in the SDNY document, Cohen's efforts to engage Russia with Trump's knowledge and consent, quote, occurred at a time sustained efforts by the Russian government to interfere with the U.S. presidential election. So that seems cool. I mean, is that bad? I, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. I don't know if it's illegal. If you talk to, to interfere with if you talk to most party. members of the Republican Party right now, they'll just tell you it's water under the bridge. This is normal. It's, it's all fine. Do. If you just don't ask the questions, then you don't got a problem. Do we know we don't know do we know anything else? Uh we know that at this point, upwards of about fourteen members of Trump's campaign and family have had Russian contacts of one form or another. During the campaign and post campaign, I mean, who among us? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, you know, there's like a Russian tea room in downtown Chicago. I've walked by it before. Isn't that all they're talking there's about? One, there's one here too. Yeah. Seems like not a thing. 
Uh, we might know a little bit more even tomorrow because do you remember Maria Butina? Uh, the spy who funneled money, the NRA, she was the Russian gun activist who liked to pose sexily with gun sexily. Yes. So she's been off the radar for a while, but it turns out she just flipped. So that seems great for everyone. That had to be all of it, right? Nope, 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 nope. So uh, the Manafort documents also dropped on Friday. And uh, we do know that he just could not stop lying about his Russian contracts. But we don't know much more than that because they were heavily redacted or fully sealed from public view. I mean, the interesting thing about this last week is that after all of it, we kind of know what we already knew. We just know it a little better. It's like seeing a mountain get closer and saying, well, there's that mountain. <laughs> there we are. Look yep. at it look mountainy. There it is. No, it's, yeah, it, it, from a distance it looks smaller, but as you get closer, it looks, um, I mean, it's a literal, it it's a literal mountain of evidence that we're just driving mm -hmm. up closer to. Yeah. But Maureen, surely, that was all from the week, right? No. Oh. No, this is when we get into the story of all the president's bros. So um, last weekend, in the middle of this fun week, Rex Tillerson gave an interview in which he said, so often the president would say, here's what I want to do, and here's how I want to do it. And I would have to say to him, Mr. President, I understand what you want to do, but you can't do it that way. It violates the law. <laughs> I mean, that checks out. He was fine with this. He was fine. He was fine. He was he felt like he immediately tweeted. Mike Pompeo is doing a great job. I am very proud of him. His predecessor, Rex Tillerson, didn't have the mental capacity needed. He was dumb as a rock hmm. and I couldn't get rid of him fast enough. He was lazy as hell. Now it's a whole new ballgame. Great spirit at state. Yeah. Chill. Super chill. The funny thing is the I couldn't get rid of him fast enough because like he stuck around for a while. He was there for a while. Yeah, he was there for a while. He was there for a while. Meanwhile. Yeah. John Kelly has decided. I don't remember when we stopped doing the bets on who was going to crawl out next, but it was it's John Kelly. It is. He's decided it's his time to jump off the high platform. Yeah. The, you've got to figure that the hardest part of this whole thing is that all of the other people that have left have actually been fired by John Kelly because Trump is too much of a coward to do it. So trying to figure out how to fire John Kelly when John Kelly is the guy that fires everyone had to have been a real pickle. He's going to have to get a puppet. Oh, the puppet made me do it. No one wants this job. Uh, the president, that was a quote last night that the president is, quote, super pissed. Yeah. But he's like, but because uh, nobody wants this job. And he immediately tweeted, fake news has it purposely wrong. Many, over 10, are vying for and wanting the White House chief of staff position. Why wouldn't someone want one of the truly great and meaningful jobs in Washington? Please report news correctly. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like he's leaving a comment on Yelp. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the so it was strongly suspected for month, like for at least weeks, if not a few months, that Nick Ayers, who was actually Mike Pence's chief of staff, was going to get the job. And the main reason that that was what people thought was because Nick Ayers told them, and also because he was like freezing John Kelly out and playing, like kind of inserting himself into every possible situation that a chief of staff would be in so i guess you could understand why people thought that but then uh, he, he turned yeah. he turned it down uh via tweet this weekend and also announced that he's leaving as mike pence's chief of staff but then the indelible image that i can't get out of my head was maggie haberman from the new york times who tweeted out that one of the reasons that trump liked nick Ayers so much was because he thought he looked like a younger version of himself. Hot. Super hot. Yes. It seems, that just seems gross. The president really was tweeting quite a lot over the last week, uh, including when, after all these revelations on Friday, he decided to come out with, 
totally clears the president. Thank you. Which is a real head scratcher. Like that one where everyone was just like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. Why not? I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, my favorite thing is they kind of double and triple down on that at this point where they've multiple times said that the Manafort documents don't even mention him. But like the Manafort documents are massively redacted. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. we don't know what they say, but it's true. Yeah, it's a lot. On the surface. Big, thick lines. Yeah. If you just look at them, they don't, in fact, say Donald Trump. And to that matter, I guess it's also true that the that the Cohen documents don't. So, yeah. If if you can't see Trump's balls, does that mean they're not in the room? I don't need to think about those. Thank you. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> they're there. Don't, no. They're there. Uh, hmm. uh, First scrot is um, there. No. <laughs> Yay. I wonder, Maureen. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wonder, is there any country on this planet or any other that's more screwed up than we are right now? Funny you should ask, Dan. There is. Oh, and really? That, yeah, there is. And I, I think that maybe there's someone we could talk to to find out how bad it could also be. I would love that. Hayes Brown is a world news editor and reporter for BuzzFeed News based in New York. Uh, He has also been one of our past guests to help us explain, give us a world perspective. And he's with us again today to talk to us about Prussia Brexit. No, Brexit. Uh, I just, man. I just want to know about Prussia. Dan. Too late for Prussia. Brexit will work too. You guys may or may not know that I live with an English. And you do. Uh, I do. And uh, last night, well, yesterday, as the day was progressing and things were melting down, I was sending a message just saying, Are you seeing this? And he's like, Seeing what? And I'm like, You're melting. Everything is melting. And then I wrote to him in the middle, late in the day, I was like, The mace, the mace. And he was like, What are you talking about? I was like, The mace. And then when he got home was only when I pulled up the video and he's like, that was on none of my news feeds all day. And then he kind of shook his fist at the sky and said, what do we got to do to end up on the news here? He's like, we, we melted our whole country down and we still couldn't make it onto the news. So with that, let's talk about Brexit. Hi, I'm all on board to talk Brexit. Let's, let's Brexit it up. Yeah, so I would say I... I am deeply confused about anything that is not happening in the United States right now because it takes every possible inkling of my body to even hold on to sanity with the U.S. So what the hell is happening in England? Should we give everybody Brexit in a minute? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so hi, guys. Uh, I am going to try and break down Brexit from then till now (laughs) for you all. Uh, Tick, 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 and set the timer and tick, 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 go. Okay, so back in 2016, uh, David Cameron, then the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, head of the Conservatives Party, wanted to stay Prime Minister. And so he told people, look, if you guys vote for me in this general election, I am going to promise that we're going to have a referendum on whether the UK should stay in the European Union. And I was like, okay, fine, we'll have this referendum, I guess. Except the referendum passed and, effort, and the decision was made to leave the European Union, which is crazy bonker balls. Cameron says, well, you guys want it, I'm out. Theresa May takes over as prime minister, and she's like, well, you guys said Brexit. Brexit means Brexit, so we're going to do this thing even though I didn't really believe in it. So she started the clock on uh, Brexit two years by triggering what's called Article 50 with the European Union. And the clock started running. The EU was like, no, we don't want you to leave. Are you crazy? We're going to make this as hard as possible for you. Uh, In the last two years, Theresa May has spent most of her time trying to convince the conservative in her party that she actually does believe in Brexit and spent very little time actually negotiating with the EU. She finally got a deal with the European Union 
Nobody likes it. Not the conservatives, not the Labor Party, nobody. There was supposed to be a big vote today, Tuesday, on whether or not the UK would accept the terms of the deal that Theresa May worked out, except instead we got chaos. <laughs> chaos, I tell you. And that's where I feel like we should pause and really start to break things down some more. <laughs> uh, and even to break it down just a little bit more, just because people may not understand, like, and because in many ways, why would you? But mm-hmm. um Living with an English person means like we really live and breathe Brexit a lot uh, because he's like, my country. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, falling. my country. My, How dare. Uh, oh, oh, and then he faints. Um, but why it was so crazy. I mean, Brexit and the and UKIP, the, that's like their Trump. It's like mm-hmm. it was a dumb initiative, like uh, Trump saying it's like Trump's wall, but stupider. <laughs> It was like, uh, let's have a referendum about whether or not to repeatedly punch ourselves in the face. Mm -hmm. Um, But the only reason it kind of went through was what what Brexit is, is, well, (laughs) it's a bunch bunch of old racists, really. I mean, I think that's the and little England mentality of like the uh, Europe's coming over here, steal our hamsters. Um, <laughs> that is exactly what the the Leave campaign campaigned on: the theft of hamsters. Uh, if by hamsters you mean jobs, then yeah, they uh, they were so sure that I mean they pushed the idea that Europe was imposing you know all these unnecessary rules and laws and guidelines on what uh, England couldn't couldn't do. So they campaigned on two things: one, uh, we're going to take back our laws; we're going to make it so that. England makes its own laws, again, not Europe, F Europe, and that they were going to limit the free movement of people, which is the other thing people were really worked up about, and that's where the racism comes in. People were, the Leave campaign pushed this idea that, you know, with the Syrian refugee crisis, all these people from the Middle East coming to Europe, we don't want them coming over into the United Kingdom, taking our jobs, bringing their falafel, and et cetera. And so they pushed this idea that Brexit would prevent uh, immigration, that the UK would take its immigration laws back over. And that was like a really strong part of the push to get people to come on board with the Leave campaign. And may I just say, nobody thought this was going to work at first. Right. Oh. All of the polling was saying, yeah, I mean, Remain's going to pull it out. It's going to be probably close, but people aren't actually going to vote to leave the European Union. That sounds be crazy very pants. Because- it was their Trump. Yes. Right? Uh, the the best part slash worst was the day after when all the pieces started to be started to come out about how people were like, oh, that was a protest vote. I meant I never thought we'd actually, you know, do it. I just wanted to show that I was mad, not that, you know, we do the thing. Because the EU the UK's law you've been in the European Union for decades. So so many of their laws are twisted up inside the EU's regulations that pulling those apart, which should have been like what people have been working on for two years, has not really been like a thing that they've been figuring out. So you have you've done a very good job of laying down the kind of foundation here. Mm-hmm. But it seems as an outside observer that can barely keep a grasp on any of it, that it has gone particularly bonkers in the last like 48 hours. So oh, what's yeah. what's gone wrong? Or right, or everything, whatever. Everything <laughs> has gone wrong for Theresa May. So, so here's the situation. So, Theresa May came in. She was, you know, quiet during the whole campaign. It's well known that she was a like secret remainer inside the Conservative Party, but she managed to convince people to support her because a uh, everyone else who was trying to be prime minister at the time is basically a troll. Like uh, we had. Boris Johnson, who eventually became her foreign secretary until he left in a huff uh, over the foundations of her Brexit deal. David Davis, who was the EU secretary, uh, the one who was actually negotiating Brexit, he left over her proposed deal. But she did manage to actually like, come to terms with the European Union and got together a deal that, had, that managed to uh, do something. And she's like, well, here's our Brexit deal. And they forged it during the summer in this at this the checkers agreement while yes. I was there for my wedding. And it was I will just say from my perspective, it was about 95 degrees. It was so hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't be outside. England is not set up for this. It was 
it was astonishingly hot. And they, they're, and all, was like, they've taken all these people and they've locked them in a house. Because they like, did. Every, they did. They locked them in a house. It's a <laughs> summer house to negotiate about what the deal was going to be and threatened. I remember our reporting said that they threatened that if you disagree with the deal and resign, you don't get your government car. You have to walk back to the city, however many <laughs> miles away it is. Um, but they sort of managed to come up with an agreement at Checkers. But then... Boris Johnson and others resigned. So she takes Checkers Agreement to the EU. They hammer out some details. The European Union, like I said, has been out for blood this entire time because they think it's a stupid-ass idea to let England leave. They don't want others to get the idea that it's you know a good idea for them economically to break right. up the European Union. So they've been like the hardest of hard line like across the board. No, other, no, no one has the UK's back right now at all. So she gets a deal, brings it back, and says, okay, because of the legislation that we passed, we have par- ha- Parliament, through a motion by an officer of the Crown, a.k.a. you know her, uh, has to vote to approve any deal with the European Union. And she was all set for that. Tuesday, today, was supposed to be the meaningful vote, they called it. Except, according to her whips, she was set to lose by triple digits. Oops. Oops, indeed, my good sir. And so after, you know, a bunch of, oh boy, what do we do if this actually fails? On Monday, at the last second, she says, you know what? No vote. We're not voting. Sorry, guys. We are not going to vote on this today. We'll get back to you on when the vote is going to happen. TBD. Uh, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Things got weird. And then things got very weird. So um, I, for one, have been a huge like uh, nerd about the monarchy and the English parliamentary system and the growth of the House of Commons for a minute now. And I learned some things yesterday because during the uproar over the fact that uh, there wasn't going to be a vote, because you see, members of parliament really wanted the chance to dunk on Theresa May's shitty deal. They were like ready and really (laughs) upset about the fact that they could not just like stuff this deal in her face, much like a 90s basketball NBA game where (laughs) Michael Jordan just like slamming down on poor Joe Schmo on the Bucks or whatever. And so in part of their anger, uh, Minister of Parliament actually – grabbed what is known as the parliamentary mace. This is a backbencher named Lloyd Russell Moyle, which is, of course, there's a British uh, parliament uh, member named Lloyd Russell Moyle. Um, He grabs the mace. Now, for those who, like me, didn't know what the mace was until this point, the mace is the queen. (laughs) This golden stick represents the queen's power in parliament so it has to be there for debate to happen and laws to pass well, uh, um yes it'd be well, like it would be like stealing the flag and trying to run away with it i guess there's like no real parallel in the u.s there's nothing that has to be in like the well of the house of uh representatives that says this has to be here uh or you can't talk it's mostly like the conch from Lord of the Flies or the spirit mm. stick from Bring It On. But so, but it's a mace. Like, it my, is like, like my barbarian in Dungeons and Dragons wields. It's Correct. nicer though. It's really, it's, it's shiny. super shiny. It's like five feet and made of gold. It is an amazing piece of weaponry that they use to represent Queen Elizabeth in Parliament. So, ah. boy, yeah, right? Uh, oh, fun fact before I move on with this story. Do you know what they have in the House of Lords? A scythe. No, no. Nunchucks. Better. Throwing stars. A pillow. <laughs> filled with wool called the wool sack. As a, it goes back to, I believe, Edward oh, either the second or third. Yes. Goes back to either Edward second or third in the House of Lords to represent... Uh, how important wool was to the British economy then, because uh, wow. all of England's wealth at the time was based around sheep. 
England is okay. straight up bananas. It's just and it's that's just, why I love it's it. It's just settlers of Catan made real. <laughs> it is. So uh, meanwhile, Lloyd uh, Russell Moyers grabs the mace and chaos ensues. He tries to walk out of the room with it. You hear the speaker of the house. No, no, no. Shame, shame. Order, order, no. And so he, you know, is blocked from leaving with the mace and he walks back and sets it down. Ginger. No, he doesn't. They take it from him. Oh, that's right. A woman does take it. The sergeant of arms. You're right. I think it's the sergeant at arms. Yes, they're... Sorry about my dog, by the way. Oh, your dog is very excited in parliamentarian procedures. Hold on, we're gonna play. Hey, Zelda, it's quiet time. (laughs) Oh, she's coming. She's coming because she's like, "Where's the mace? What happened to the mace?" She's all about the the pillow in the House of Lords. The trouble was, she heard me, but she couldn't see me. So now, panic. That is a true like dog panic moment. Okay. Sorry. So, so the sergeant at arms, I believe it was, took the mace mm-hmm. and very ceremony. By the way, the guy got maybe twenty feet. Right. He did not get far with this. This was like the worst heist. Yeah. <laughs> so where is this going from here? Oh gosh. So there's a couple different ways that this can go. The best thing for the UK would be for if Theresa May can say, "Look." Parliament clearly doesn't want this. I'm coming back to you guys, to, to you, the European Union, to make some tweaks to this deal that we made so that we can find a way forward here. The biggest thing that people are having trouble with is the Ireland border. Because here's the thing that nobody thought through. Leaving the European Union, the whole thing was about stopping migration, having more control over England, I mean, the UK's borders, right? Yeah. But here's the problem. Ireland is split between Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, and Ireland. You may remember some troubles around this whole situation. So by leaving the EU, they have to figure out what is the border with Ireland. And actually putting up what's known as a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland is a recipe for total shit show disaster. So there's been so as part of the deal that they have on the table right now, there's like a stopgap in place where um, the border there will still remain soft, but the rest of the border will, you know, still be, you know, a hard border between the UK and the European Union. But nobody likes that at all. So that would be one of the things that Theresa May would try and go back and try and tweak and adjust. But like I said earlier, the EU, EU has like zero reason to go along with. Uh, Theresa May right now and to accede to any like demand that the UK might have. Yeah, they put up their hands and say, we've negotiated. This is what you get. Yep. It'd be like, keep going to, to McDonald's saying, you know, I, I got the meal deal. You know, you get fries and a Coke and a burger and you're like, okay, how about you give me two fries? And they're like, nope, we're giving you, we get fries, you get a Coke, you get a burger. And they're like, how about three fries? You give me, th- nope, we're, not, we're just, sir, leave the, sir, sir. Sir, (laughs) leave the McDonald's. Right. And so that's option one. That's going nowhere. Option two would be for her to call another general election. Say, you know what? I'm going to go rally the support of the people and get their votes and have more conservative ministers in so that we can pass this in the House of Commons. That's not going to work. That's not going to happen. If you recall last year, there was another general election. Theresa May lost seats. Right. They lost the majority in this election that she called. So they're probably not really like ready to try this again. Whereas and later- there's no there's no ability for somebody to just be like, oh hey, EU are bad. Let's oh, but- just Pretend the last couple of years never happened. Is an option for that, though. Uh, The European Court of Justice ruled this week, on Monday, right before the Mace thing went down, that uh, the UK can unilaterally cancel Article 50 and say, you know what? Never mind. We're going to stop this clock. The the court said that they can do this at any time until a deal is, like, official. So that puts on the table the idea that the UK can just hit stop. They can just pull the like soap opera. It was all a bad dream ending. They can. They can. Except here's the problem with that. Uh, In order for that to feel legitimate, 
uh, there has to probably be another Brexit referendum uh, to get the support of the people to say, no, never mind. But that would take longer to set up than the, e- than the UK has. Uh, because <laughs> oh, here's the nightmare scenario. <laughs> March 2019 is when the, Europe- when the United Kingdom leaves the European Union. Deal or no deal? That is what is happening right now. Oh, my. When, when, they, when you don't three- think they'd have enough time to set up a people's vote before that date? No, because they need like a couple of months to set this up and to campaign properly. They're th- estimating they need like six months to do something like this. Um, and the quickest they could do a general election would be three months, which would be a squeaker. So uh, like, there's laws about how long British elections can be. And they have to be like a minimum of three weeks or something like that. Or three... Yeah. They have a minimum amount of time that elections have to be. And for them to hold a general election would barely fit into it. And people who are in favor even of staying, like uh, it will take a long-ass time. So it's a catch-22 situation that the UK is in right now. Like There is not many good options for them. Uh, if they do have to leave without a deal, ec- ec- economists have predicted that the EU sees a contraction of its GDP by up to 8% uh, for reference during the hardest hit quarter of the Great Recession. Uh, the UK's economy shrunk by, I believe, about 3%. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but on the far, on the right of Theresa May, there are still hardline Brexiteers who are championing that. They're like, no, no deal is better than Theresa May's deal. So you know what? Let's go. Let's get out of here, guys. We're gone. We don't need it. They they live on an island. So the things that are worries now are stockpiling medicines, Mm -hmm. stockpiling food. Um, There are giant questions about, like, talking to Oscar about this the other night, where he was just talking about the what happens at the border yes. during a no deal? Like just getting stuff in and out of the country, like it all basically oh stops. My. Because all, Everything. Of, all of the regulations under UK law are tied up in EU regulations. Like I said, they, that's the stuff they should have been figuring out, but they've had no time to do it because it's all been political drama. It's all been Theresa May trying to wrangle the Brexiteers into line. And by the time she did, time has run out. Wow. So they're stockpiling food and medicine mm-hmm. and yeah, no one, no one knows. No one knows. No one knows. Like just no one knows what's going to happen. Oh, and if you think so, things would be better if the Labor Party was in charge, buddy, do I have some news for you. <laughs> like the Labor Party run, run by Jeremy Corbyn and Corbyn has always been kind of in favor of leaving the EU. Even though perfect. the vast majority of his party are Remainers, he himself had, didn't campaign for Remain during the uh, re- original Brexit referendum, which people were like, what the fuck are you doing, brah? Uh, so if there is a general election and Labour takes over, it's not clear what they would do any different. It's not clear whether they oh, would just my. be like, okay, you know what? We won the general election. We're saying done, pause on Brexit. Or if he would even have the desire to do that. It's not clear. Nothing makes sense right now in terms of U- UK politics. Hayes, what do you think happens with Brexit? Woof. That is the million pound question, which is rapidly decreasing in value. That's um, worth about $10 now. I know. Um, so what I think happens, if I had to play extreme guesstimate, is that Theresa May manages to hold on to power through the holidays. Uh, But when parliament reconvenes, she loses a vote of confidence uh, by uh, either members of her party or labor or both. The problem with that theory though, is who takes over and what do they do about Brexit? Like one way or another, things are going to come crashing to a halt. It, but when it when it hits March, it's unclear whether that uh, Theresa Theresa May could bite the political bullet and say, you know what, we're not ready. We're just not. I'm going to say that we should hit pause on Article 50 and just scrap that, uh, and then get voted out of office. 
and conser- the conservative party loses, labor takes over in general election. Uh, that's a possibility. That's like, I think the best case scenario for Britain right now. Uh, even if it's one of the worst case scenarios for Theresa May and the conservatives. On the plus side, for the first time in two and a half years, I feel like maybe we are not the biggest basket case of a country on the planet right now. Um, I think that it's a dead heat. Yeah, that's hard. mm. (laughs) Like, uh, the UK is still also a nuclear power state. I mean, a nuclear weapon state. And like us, half the country is always going, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this to ourselves? (laughs) Right? And if they do have this referendum, the half of the country that voted for Brexit is going to be pretty chuffed, as the Brits would say. So um, they're in like a standoff, like in Blazing Saddles, with a gun to their own head. And they can't figure out how to lower their arm. (sighs) Yeah, it was the Look, dumbest- you invited me, Dan. You can't have that sigh. Like, you asked for this. <laughs> I did. I wanted clarity, and now I want to take it all back. I will- the joke in our house is like, oh, you know, I this thing cost a thousand pounds. I'll be like, wow, that's like fifteen dollars, and it's like it's like the joke of our house, and no, it's I- not funny, but it's like funny in quotes. It's right. Like, I we feel laugh. we we laugh to hide the tears, like. Uh, we have an employee here who is, who is a work, a British citizen who's cr- still paid in pounds, who's working in the U.S. now. Is like, uh, my money is becoming more and more useless, which is astonishing because he's hunting for an apartment. He's trying yeah. to find somewhere to live in New York City as the pound is crashing. Does this mean though that we'll be able to buy British Kit Kats for cheap? Because that seems like an upside. Well, unclear because here's the thing. Picture this. Uh, what a the UK's Kit Kat factory uh, presumably has to follow certain rules and guidelines about safety. Many of those are tied up with the European Union. Will the uh, Kit Kat factory be producing unsafe Kit Kat bars after hard Brexit as they try to figure out what rules they have to follow? Which where are they, they getting the chocolate? Where are they getting the chocolate? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a British Kit Kat, and it's gonna be four real fingers inside, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god i mean where i mean chocolate comes from not any of these places but a lot of places you hear chocolate coming out of in terms of europe is belgium or maybe the you know dutch chocolate or but they're getting their chocolate you know from other places but like where where you get the chocolate from and who knows and there's been all these promises that the day after brexit x number of trade deals will snap into place between the United Kingdom and the other countries of the European Union, other countries around the world, because as a member of the EU, they they negotiate together as a bloc on trade deals. Uh, that's why Trump has been so frustrated that he can't do a UK trade deal because they're part of the EU. He can't do a France trade deal between the US and France because they're part of the EU. Um, they promised the uh, Leave campaign that Day after Brexit, all these trade deals will snap into place. None of those have been negotiated. <sighs> yeah. I'm grabbing the says who mace. <laughs> I'm walking right out with that mace. Yeah, I'll as you should. This conversation can't continue. Will they deploy the queen? No, I'm actually not clear on what the monarchy can and can't do in a situation like this kind of CF. Like, she doesn't have the power to call a snap election. Um, she can't call a vote of no confidence. The most she can do is break all protocol, like beyond anything we've seen in the first two seasons of The Crown, and tell the British people, uh, as your monarch, I think that this is a dumb idea and you should stop, but I can't see her doing that. But you have, like, you have Dan's this just keep getting deeper and deeper but as well, we continue. Look, for God's <laughs> sakes, deploy her! De- do something! Use, you got the thing! Use the thing! Ah, oh, she's like their nuclear button, though. But she's a button who don't want to be pressed, man. But look, you got a button. This is the situation. If you're ever in a situation, then you hit the button. Hit the button. Hit the button. You got it. Hit the button. You don't understand you royal protocol. <laughs> she should walk in and just start fucking punching people. A bit. You <laughs> shut up. You sit down. Fuck you. You. Fuck with. Sit down. Listen Just, to me. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mine. My mace. I hit you with it. Let the mace start swinging it around like, yeah. yeah. Power. 
And then, you know, fill up in the back. Hit up, hit them harder. You know, just, you know, driving a car in through the place. Shut, shut, everybody shut up. <laughs> I don't know what happens after that. I just want to see it. I don't I know mean, what it helps. It's just something I'd like to see. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that. Is the thing? I wouldn't at hate all. it. I wouldn't, wouldn't hate, hate it. it. I mean, wouldn't hate it. Compared to things we've seen, I've seen things I hate more. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyway, that's Brexit. Ta-da! Yeah, watch. Enjoy your, enjoy your Sherlock and Doctor Who now. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Hayes, thank you so much for joining us and and letting us know that we're not the only ones falling apart. Glad I could help contribute to everyone's therapist bills in 2019. Also, if you're listening from the UK, we love you. Shout out to my friend Alexander, who's listening and chuckling and saying, it's all very terrible. (laughs) So uh, shout out to Alexander. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I feel better. USA. USA. We're not the worst. We're not the worst. Do you think that like somebody like Angela Merkel or, you know, Macron or whoever, just when they're dealing with these various clowns, just hum the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm song in their head all the time? I, I don't know what anybody's thinking. I can only imagine that they think, you know, I did all this. I, I'm, I'm the prime minister i'm the head of the um, chancellor and i was expecting more you know i was expecting i was expecting more you know just more than this yeah there has to be a moment in any one of these people's like these are very accomplished humans where they suddenly realize wait if someone this idiotic is in the equivalent of my job am i that idiotic too what you got to understand is that don't believe the media's lies about the White House. The truth is, these aren't very bright guys. And things got out of hand. <laughs> it's the most amazing quote ever. It's these aren't very quote. bright guys and things got out of hand. I think that's a lot of crime. Oh, it's, that's definitely a lot of crime. Yeah. Well, Dan. Well, Maureen. I wonder what will happen this week. Probably nothing. 19th of December, Dan, I'm doubling, I'm tripling down on my date. Yeah, you really, you're in, you're in for the Mueller report. You were like, Maureen, you fool, you fool. And I was like, Dan, just shoving my chips forward like I'm in Casino Royale. Like, oh, here you go. And everyone, everyone leans over in interest, you know, like in the, oh, yes. Look at her putting all of her chips in. Oh, Ho ho! And then they get out opera glasses and they look down at me from the balcony. Oh ho ho! Who's this? Who's this big roller? And it's me pushing all my chips onto December nineteenth. I I personally wonder if we have not seen the flurry of December at this point. Mm. I think that I think that the closer we get to like the Christmas New Year's holidays, the less likely it will be that they'll do anything. Just ask yourself again, Dan. If you can't see Trump's balls, does that mean they're not in the room? I don't, it doesn't seem fair Mm, that you mm, keep bringing up Trump's balls. Stretchy. I don't know, boy. Mm. Hanging low. No. No. Swing low. Oh, my. Look. Says Who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at Patreon slash Says Who. And we have a sponsor from our Main Street Mogul this week. Yeah. This particular episode is brought to you by Greater Boston, a serial audio drama, which is a full cast fiction drama, like like if you like night like uh, Welcome to Night Vale and things like that. And it's set in a slightly fantastical version of Boston where the red line of the subway has seceded from Boston overnight, over, over, sorry, oversight, and incorporated as an independent city. 
It's a story about community, individual purpose, and making life better for everyone in difficult political times, something we could do with. As recent events have played out over the past couple of years, our show has grown increasingly political with progressive themes that I think will probably appeal to people that like us as who. Unless you're all a bunch of bastards. Whoa. Greater Boston. I don't I don't know. Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff and Baron von Driesen, who live in the manor on the hill. You can find out more at greaterbostonshow.com. And they just put out the mid-season finale, <laughs> making now a great time to catch up before they return with the second half of season three, beginning on January 29th. We thank you, Baron and Sir Danner for and Greater Boston for sponsoring your fellow podcast, Says Who. Indeed we do. And you too could get an ad that compelling by joining our Patreon, the town of Sesuvia at the Main Street Mogul level. That's 50 bucks and I'll 50 bring bucks. it to life. Yeah, she will with that captivating voice. Hello. But that's not the only way that you can support Says Who or not the only level. You can join for a buck. Two bucks will get you a sticker. We just sent out like 200 stickers, Maureen, and people get are getting yet. them. I, you I know what? I realized today I haven't mailed you anything, <laughs> but but I've mailed everyone else so stuff. I should be looking for in my mail? Well, I mean- deliver, I should be looking for delivery? Well, I still need to back it up. Look, I'm, you're saying just look for the delivery? That's what I'm saying, yes. Just, just don't, we'll whatever look, you do, don't look away. All right. Well, that's funny, Dan, because I don't. Because I, I wait for my packages uh, <sighs> religiously because the package I'm really counting on, no. every five no. hours, I get a box of no, blue apron. No, you don't. Uh, it, you it don't. Comes, if you don't op open it on time, it explodes. And that's the thing that people don't I know about it is that they've got timers <sighs> and they're very dangerous. But if you would like a potato or just a bomb, um, sign if up you... to... This Blue Apron, they'll not, send you spaghetti. No. It's it's like Listen, ten dollars and you get spaghetti and a, and a potato, uh, or a big explosion. <laughs> no, this is not and then, good. And then, uh, you Someday so if you go to Blue Apron says no, who slash stop. Blue Apron slash just says who just slash just stop bomb. No, uh, you'll get no. a cease and desist order. This is a terrible idea. The thing that I wanted to say was two bucks gets you a sticker. Five bucks, you get oh, access we to that. our. We were, we were doing yeah, that. Yeah, you were just going. You were just going. Things got out of hand, Maureen. Just got five look, bucks will are, get you uh, exclusive. Five bucks will get you exclusive content. We have been releasing basically two episodes of Says Who a week, one for Patreon subscribers and one for everyone else. So Yeah, straight up, basically, if yeah. you sign up for $5, you're just going to get double and you're going to get the last... You can and you can just they're all there waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, this week you you could get the exciting story of Dan getting his uh, beard braided at knife point. It's true, and I think forthcoming this week we will hear your story being stalked by a Christmas time squirrel. Oh, it's a beautiful holiday story. It is complete with jingle bells. Yeah, it's a it's it it this is this one, but this one will get you in the holiday spirit. Yeah, five bucks gets you that, and ten bucks gets you a pin. Of the says who mascot wedgie the wedge salad. You'll be in the secret club and no one will know what what's yeah. what, but you'll know and we'll all be winking at each other. But patreon.com slash says who gets you all these things and helps to get says who out in the world. It's how we support Dan's beard habit. It's true. It's a big habit. It's a big I have to eat a lot of beards to get one this long. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Say, Maureen, our theme music, have you heard it? It started at the beginning of the episode, and then you heard it during the speakers and stuff. It doesn't really go like that. No, no, that's different. Um. Anyway, it was recorded by Ted Leo. Ted Leo? Yeah, I know. And our our former logo was designed by Darth, who we will always thank. Darth. I got a secret message from Darth. Uh, Darth is hibernating. And just, you'll be glad to know that Darth has been eating nice hot soup. Uh, that does make me glad. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter, and you can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at com. 
You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Hey, are you making plans for the new year as I am? Well, it's called 2019. Have you heard of it? I'm it's heard it's coming up. Heard it's coming up soon. Well, then don't forget to come and see us live. It's true. Live says who? Live says who? And possibly some crossovers. Ooh. Yeah, we're we're talking about some maybe some crossover episodes. It's going to be pretty great. It's going to be in Nashville at Pod X. The new hot podcasting con that you will want to be at. PodX, Nashville, May 31st, June 2nd. Get your tickets at podx.com slash says who. If you use the slash says who, they know you came from us. And this con is going to be really good. You know what else is a good day, Maureen? December 19th. Oh, Because that's when our next episode comes out. And also, according to you, when the... Mueller report drops. If there is a Mueller report, I'm starting to wonder if the Mueller report isn't a serialized novel. That's what I think. I think the Mueller report is coming out as we sit here in these various bits and pieces. And then we got to kind of bind up in the end of the whole thing. So, well, it's it's, wait, if this stuff is public record, we could release a book version of it, couldn't we? Dan? Yeah. Do you hear that sound? That's the, the sound of printing money. Yeah. The says who guide to the Mueller report. Whoa. Oh, I, I, I'm just seeing a little tweet that's come out of, I don't know if this was from before. Oh, no. Quote, there was this gasp at CIA when Trump sided with Putin and Helsinki. Quote, you literally had people in panic mode watching it at Langley on all floors. Just shock. Anyway, we'll catch up. Checks out. You. We'll catch up with you on the 19th. And I'm sure everything's going to be cool until then. And from my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From inside of an escape room, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. How long are you going to let me do this? Like three, four minutes. Ah, it's only been a minute. Oh, God, we didn't even get into the Google hearings. <laughs> oh, Jesus.